Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the final installment of New Books in Poetry's month-long celebration of the chapbook, Chapbookapalooza. I'm your host, Jen Fitzgerald. I'm excited to introduce our two poets today, Amy Nezukumatatil and Ross Gay. Amy is the author of three collections of poetry, most recently Lucky Fish. She is co-author with Ross Gay of the chapbook Lace and Pyrite from Organic Weapon Arts Press. Honors for her writing include the Pushcart Prize and a Poetry Fellowship from the NEA. She is Professor of English at State University of New York, Fredonia, where she received the Chancellor's Medal for Excellence. Ross is the author of two books of poetry, Against Which and Bringing the Shovel Down. He is also co-author of Lace and Pyrite. He's a community orchardist, grower of service berries, and teaches in Indiana. Welcome, Amy and Ross. Thanks for having us. So the introduction to this chapbook offers a pretty in-depth description of how the collection came into being, but would you mind sharing a brief recap with our listeners? Um, sure. Ross, do you want to um, do this, or do you want me to start? You'd start, Amy. All right. Um, you know, it actually started from a moment of no writing for me, um, where, you know, usually summer for me, both of us um, teach, so... Um, and I don't want to speak for Ross, but for me, summer is very fruitful in terms of writing. Um, but for whatever reason, what, this one particular summer was not. And so um, I knew my buddy Ross was one of the last people I know who actually love and appreciate um, handwritten letters. So mm-hmm. I thought, um, so I, I, I thought it would be great to. It's just a way to kind of keep me. Um, keep me writing, you know, for something to, to exchange poem as a, as a letter kind of thing. So it takes a little bit of the pressure off and still holds me accountable to turn in something at least once a month. Um, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. I loved picturing you two in your respective gardens, thinking of these epistolary poems. Did you try to send one another finished products or did you allow the correspondence to feed the pieces? They were definitely... If I may, Amy. Yeah, oh, go for it. <laughs> they were um, they were definitely in conversation back and forth. So you know, you'll see sort of sometimes overt and sometimes more subtle kind of responses that we are like sort of taking a thread from the previous poem um, and moving forward. And as we did, like when we compiled all the all the poem letter things, we did um, sit down and go through them and sort of you know, talk about how to make them better and tighter as a whole unit. Um, so, yeah, that's how that works. Cool. Um, being that we've just entered autumn, um, would you two please read the exchange of poems for this season? Sure. And I think the first part of autumn, Ross, starts for me, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, so we didn't really title these because, you know, they were, they were really kind of letter- you know, epistolaries at first. So it just goes in, it starts, I think, summer of 2011. And then, so this is fall, I guess. Um, 
And the first one goes, at the onset of fall, there are days full of the need to exhale without sound around the crispy agalicia stalks. One last plume of a still day is the only shot of pink left. And even now, drifts of unraked leaves threaten to choke it out. I wouldn't wish the sickness on anyone. The only sound I remember from that week with you at summer's end was the terrible toss of bullfrogs flinging themselves into the pond when we approached. Wait, the only sound I remember is actually a color, muddy river water that hides an ancient fish. I never sat up nights with sick horses, and I wonder if that's the difference. Their coughs will never haunt me. They say that frogs are vanishing all over the Midwest, but I can still hear them. And yet, when the cold makes brittle what remains, the spent okra stalk, the few pepper plants that hung on through the first two frosts, those little gold tomatoes, when it withers even the rogue amaranth, its tousled mane bent and defeated, when the silver maple out front has ceased whispering, and when the bullfrogs nestle into their muddy lairs, and the peepers go where they go, and the crows circle... Just down the street, its leaves too mostly blown off, spindly and creaking in the wind, while the whole world shimmers with death, hauling all its sugar into perfect globes the size of a child's handful, giddy, it seems, at the sound of ants slurping beneath, at knee, joining them, brushing away wood chip and beetle before burying my tongue into the burst pulp dropped on the earth below, the persimmon gives its modest fruit for yet a while. Each fruit is a singular memory of earth fire and juicy spit of summer days spent in tuck, in trim, in bend, twisting vines around a trellis while a cardinal quilts a metallic chip through the air. Now only red prickleberries of Coosa dogwood pierce the gray landscape when days are so dark all the solar lamps flicker on at half past three. I entered the season of naps, of the eye I always kept open when my garden was raked and cut like a hibiscus's droopy, like hibiscus's droopy mouth, the woody stems of hydrangea, and I cannot remember when I last knelt on all fours. This warmest November in memory, this nicking of little holes in the lawn to slip pearly bulbs of crocus to naturalize, when I too am full, even the business of God walking at my globe light cannot capture your wild hum. Thank you very much. So there are some background noises which I think are actually working for this interview and we're going to leave in. So the fact that there's like there's a juxtaposition that goes on in this book, obviously. I thought it was really cool how Ross's garden was one of sustenance and yours was one of beauty. And that when you put these things together, um, it created something really interesting. And what's going on behind us is a mixture of crickets and street sounds. And just to have the... I mean, like, I welcome all of this into the interview. Like, we're, we're layering this thing without even realizing. So it's all staying. We planned it. We planned it that way. I figured you did. <laughs> um, okay, so back to the poetry. How did you find your revision process to be alike or dissimilar? Because you guys... you. This was more than just sending letters back and forth. You two sat together and revised this into a collection. You know, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ross, now I'm looking back, I think, 
you know, Ross is one of my trusted readers of poetry too. So, you know, before all this happened, um, he was one of the, the few people that I could say, uh, can you look at this poem? I'm not sure if it's working or not, but I think on this project, we kind of, I kind of really, I mean, I was looking at Ross's poems to make sure there's not some egregious, like crazy thing <laughs> dropping F-bombs all over the place, you know, but I really left it up to him. <laughs> and even, even there was one, um, swear word left in, you know, I, I questioned it. Which one? What did I say? What did I say? You said the F word. Yeah, you got you dropped the F bomb in here, Ross. You did. Wait, how do you say it? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> See, Ross loves to play this game, and sometimes I fall for it. But I had coffee this morning, so I'm awake. You're alert. <laughs> yeah, well, the new books and poetry welcomes profanity. So if you wanted to quote that line directly, Amy, I, I welcome it. <laughs> I think I'll pass for now, but um, but it's in there, and uh, you know, I mean, and I and I pretty much left his judgment to, you know, the the, po- the letter poems that he wrote. And I just really had to kind of go with a fine-tooth comb over mine. Um, I think he looked over mine, too. We both made a couple edits here and there. And I don't remember either of us really kind of, like, challenging any any kind of major decisions. I mean, I, I asked Russ to do this project with me because, I mean, it also helps, you know, he's an amazing poet. So mm-hmm. I'm so lucky. I feel so blessed that... Um, my friends are amazing writers. They're the, the people that even if I didn't know them, their books would still be on, you know, they'd be on my shelves and I'd be turning to them in the mornings when I'm looking for inspiration anyway. So it was just such a joy to be um, challenged and and inspired in that way. So the revision process, we, we looked at it very closely the whole way through when it was all done. But I think individually we were left to our own devices to just make sure we were bringing our A game before we submitted the manuscript. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You agree with all of that, Ross? You don't have any yeah. different memories? No, that's that's pretty much it. And, and when we did kind of finally at the end, I don't know, Amy, did we? No, we looked at the manuscripts over and over again before we um, shipped it off to um, Organic Weapon. But um, I'm trying to think. We had like five days up there at the Malay Colony where we were able to work on this thing a little bit. And I'm trying to remember if we spend much time there sort of revising or um, more. We may have just been thinking about how much further the project was going to go. Um, but anyway, yeah, like it was it was kind of we're on our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a kind of at the beginning, there wasn't a there wasn't like, nah, do that again. Or, you know, I can't. I can't write back to that garbage. <laughs> Who's into that? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, at the end, and when we looked at it, you know, like if we had sort of unnecessary, you know, if we were getting a little clunky in our language moments or repetitions or something like that. I know, I think Amy had a couple things that she noticed in, in my my uh, entries, and I had a couple that I noticed in her entries, and just sort of tightening that at the end there. Cool. So can we expect more collaborations from you two in the future? Uh, I hope so. I mean, uh, Ross, I'll let Ross speak for that. I hope so. I mean, this is actually really, I've done a couple of collaborations before, but nothing, um, you know, within a singular poem. But this is the first kind of mini collection. <laughs> writing is so solitary, and I live in a small town, so, um, so I very much enjoy this. And yet I also know, too, that uh, I also need that solitude you know, um, in, in some way. So this was kind of a nice, 
a nice breakup in that, um, in the big scheme of things, you know, to have this project um, working. So, I mean, yeah, uh, gardening and just getting in the in the dirt, getting dirt underneath our fingernails, I think is just something that we both, I hope that we um, are both in the gardens when we're 80 years old, you know, <laughs> that would be, that would be something. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, like, in terms of, uh, yeah, I'd love to do, I mean, I'd love to do another project, another whatever, garden project or something different, who knows. But, but like, just this morning, I walked down to my little, I'm sitting outside of this little vegan cafe in Bloomington, because I don't have internet at my house. And that's all the waterfalls you hear coming by in the parks. Imagine the waterfalls. And uh, I was telling a friend in there, um, she asked me what I was doing, and I told her I was... You know, doing the Skype interview for this book, this collaborative book, chapbook, garden poem book, and her eyes lit up, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll throw one in my bag so I can get you one of these books. People feel so, like, moved by this project, you know? Mm-hmm. People feel so moved by this project, and it feels really nice to, you know, a lot of people garden, and if they didn't garden, like, you know, a lot of people have family or friends who garden and, you know, grandparents or something that garden. And it has a kind of really strong emotional um, foothold in people. So yeah. it feels really important and useful, actually, to, to write these poems, to share these poems with people. It is really important. I think that right now, you know, we kind of... The internet to us has offered more of a global connection, and, and we think that people are more connected now than they ever were. But this, showing that you two in your, your separate gardens with handwritten letters were able to form like this really organic and wonderful connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, and you know, Orion Magazine actually was really integral to getting this project off the ground. There, That's where the the bulk of his correspondence first appeared, and then they did something on their website um, where they invited people who were interested. I mean, the response was was incredible, actually, more than I think Ross could ever and uh, Ross and I could have ever dreamed up. Um, people were writing and saying, "Oh, I wish I had a pen pal to send letters, you know, letters back and forth." So Orion Magazine, I think, for a time, just collected names of, you know, send us your information if you want someone to write you a letter poem. And and then people started doing this kind of pen pal thing back and forth. I think they got um, quite a, a good, impressive number of, of um, people writing, just complete strangers writing back and forth about, I, and it wasn't even necessarily gardening. So there was someone that I know of that was in, involving fishing, you know, mm. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of amazing, um, you know, when I was just writing about my little plot of land here in western New York, I never envisioned this getting to be a kind of a bigger bigger thing. So, I mean, and I'm, a, I'm such a fan of snail mail, so <laughs> if I can, if this helped even just a few people to, to get those, you know, what I call happy mail in the, you know, um, in their day-to-day lives, then, hey, that's, that's an extra bonus. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both so much for your time and for sharing this work with us today. Thank you, Janice. Really appreciate it. This is Jen Fitzgerald with New Books and Poetry, reminding you to support all the arts, but especially poetry. 